your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. It is December 19th, six days before Christmas, and Everton are second in the Premier League after becoming the first team to do the London Grand Slam this season after beating Arsenal today 2-1, Chelsea, Tottenham, Fulham, West Ham, and Crystal Palace. It's been a wild season. Everton have finally seemed to have corrected their form. James Boyman here with Ryan Williams, who will go to first for your instant reaction. It wasn't the most exciting match, I would say, but um, it just goes to show you how important it is to grind some stuff out. We took our opportunities, and boy, Carlos revamped four center back formation is doing it. It's making us tough to play against. And let's be honest, Arsenal, uh, they're uh, they're not good. They're uh, they're not good at not at all. And they had team. a bunch of guys out. They're really not. And they had a bunch of guys out and. You know, heck with it. You know, take advantage of it and move on. I'll take the three points. Second in the table. Bang. Nine points from nine. It's hard to be upset. I agree with you, Ryan. It was Arsenal A are terrible. They are deservedly 15th, five points above the drop after today's result. But Everton have somehow managed to scrap together three wins against some decent opposition, save Arsenal, and have done so without both James Rodriguez and Luca Dean, who are two of our three best players, I think, without question. And Carlo Ancelotti has been able to get pretty creative and somehow managed to make it all click remarkably well, considering the the obstacles that we were up against and the poor form we were entrenched in just a few short weeks ago. It's been fantastic, you know, grinding out results, doing the right thing, scoring early typically, um, and people are playing. I thought today we had a little nasty in us too, a little flair, a little attitude. Yep. I liked it. Um, only one person got the score prediction right. Is that Is that right, James? I believe so, Ryan. Surprising. It's remarkable how many, uh, how we only know. like zero or one. P- There's never more than like two goals scored. And yet here we are. MS Toffee with the two, one good guys prediction. He did predict Richarlison to score twice, which wasn't true, but you get partial credit for getting the score right. MS Toffee from the discord. So shout out to you. Yeah. Nice work, buddy. And sorry, Xander, uh, didn't come through for you <laughs> again. What did he go? I think he went down from 10 nil to nine nil today. I think it was Is nine. That what he went with? Yeah, I believe so. That's correct. By about the end of the season, he'll get one right at about five or six nil, hopefully. Yeah, maybe tempering expectations. But let's yeah. talk about the actual match today, Ryan. So 12.30 p.m. kickoff Eastern Standard Time, 11.30 a.m. The lineup comes out, and we see Pickford return to the side. We see Tom Davies named in place of the injured Allen, but otherwise an unchanged side, at least starting 11 from Carlo Ancelotti. Interesting inclusion of two keepers on the bench, both uh, Robin Olsen and Jonas Lussel make Make the, I guess, what, 20 now that you are allowed total? Um, yeah, as well expanded as bench Google. rule now. Yeah, yep. right. Which was and and Anthony I, Gordon and Jared Branthwaite returning from injury. So that was good to see. Yeah, I don't know if it really benefits too much to sit on the bench, but I, I I never understood why so few people are on the bench anyway. Everyone's squads are bigger than that. Why not just put them out there? I, I don't – I always found it very strange. You know, other leagues have more. But, yeah, no big changes. Uh, I think Andre – presumably i i've not seen anything i don't know if you had was hurt thus opting for davies although i might have opted him opted for him anyway uh, arsenal had a lot of changes though and have some people out um gabriel was out uh red card um and then yeah pierre em- emmerich decided to conk out going in uh apparently he pulled something he's out 
Kata gets his shot at center forward. Xhaka is out for his genius choke job, uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thomas Party being out is really massive for them. Their midfield is not particularly good, so they had Ceballos and uh, Elneny were in the midfield starting for them. I, I think what was dangerous about that is going into it, I was afraid of Willian and Pepe. They both uh, have strong inside foots, cutting inside. Very one-footed, but both are capable of striking from distance, not Pickford's strong suit. Uh, and you knew Sokka would be dangerous cutting inside. And really, when we kind of go into the tactical breakdowns, nothing really surprising. Um, they, uh, I, I was a little surprised at how they attacked, but they're set up. Yeah, Sokka cut inside very much the same way. He was kind of compact. Um, and we were a little more spread out than we were last time because partially Arsenal allowed us to do that. Um, I, what I don't understand, James, is if you saw that lineup from Everton, where would you attack Everton looking at the personnel? Well, if you're looking at Gilfie Sigurdsson and Tom Davies, of course, comprising two thirds of the midfield, you have to think that it would be intelligent of Arsenal to attack down the middle and not go outside against the monsters of Mason Holgate and Ben Godfrey, at least size wise. And they did a good job matching up with the wingers of Arsenal today. They did. Um, and, and so. 20% of the time, they attack through the middle. I mean, that's got to be the lowest of anyone we've played all year. Please explain that to me. I, I don't get it at all. 43% of it was down the right side, which basically consisted of Pepe being completely isolated down there and him kind of jostling with Godfried, who did who did well against him, I think. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe they thought that there was no way they were going to win the midfield battle with Thomas Party out. I, I don't know, but I thought that played right into our hands. Yeah, I think it certainly did. And, and on the other hand, Everton managed a, a fairly balanced attacking output today, 36% attack percent of the attack coming down the left, 40 from the right, and 24% down the middle. So we didn't attack too much down the middle either, which is perhaps a little surprising, maybe not. But we did keep a, a really, I think, uh, disciplined shape throughout the match, which has kind of been the, the theme of the last several matches. We had Gilfie Sigurdsson playing in that kind of true number 10, and also when we revert to, like, the 4-4-2 in defense, he was upside along Dom, doing his best to move around the pitch and pressure, which actually, again, credit to him over the last few matches. He's done a good job of of at least getting himself about the best he can in his uh, waning days as a as a top-flight Premier League footballer. He was good today. And again, we had Tom Davies come in. I thought he was, quite frankly, very good, given the, the massive chasm left in the side by Allen. Um, well, I think it may be helpful now to kind of jump into the timeline because especially, as you said, Ryan, not the most eventful match, but there were some interesting developments early on and we were able to get on the score sheet crucially very early. Decore was all over the place. I mean, I think, was it Patty who tweeted out Decore zero, Arsenal zero or something at one point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had the ball the whole time, the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, I, I thought we looked like we were in full command of the game for, most of the first half of the first half, if that is a thing. Yep. Um, and, and that's where I thought Tom Davies really shined. He was playing almost like a deep holding player, like almost like a Jorginho and did very well. Um, it wasn't dramatic, but we were circling the ball around. We had possession of it quite a bit. Um, and sure enough, we, we struck first. I, I thought we were a little too static at times. Um, yep. too much reliant on, on Alex Awobi trying to just beat someone man to man or Richarlison and, Alex was a little hesitant to do it, but they were throwing a lot of numbers at him. Um, but he did kind of come through. And in the 22nd minute, we, uh, we broke through with a cross from Iwobinho. Um, and it looked like Dom got his head on it and deflected off holding and went into the goal. It was fortuitous. Um, 
but it was a dangerous cross for sure. Um, and Dom was dangerous all match. I don't know if it was deserved, but we certainly had all of the ball at that point. So, uh, to be in the lead early probably was deserved, I think. Yeah, very comfortable first few minutes. I thought we looked, as you said, Brian, maybe not, we didn't come out the gates, you know, looking to go for the throat. I think we, we kind of wanted to settle into the match, control, control possession as much as we possibly could, but there was an, er, very early on, there was the, a really nice Decore nutmeg and run down the left flank. He, I think he ended up losing possession, but, Something we haven't seen as much from him uh, beating men one-on-one and, and kind of driving them. He does take space he really lo- well. He loves a Meg, too. I've definitely yeah. seen him do it a couple of times. He does. He tried to go for a second one on that same play, I think, and, and it didn't quite come <laughs> off. And then I did want to give a quick shout-out to Michael Keane for a, a rocket shot that ended up, uh, I think, scared Leno quite oh, a bit in the Arsenal right. net. But, uh, it was close. He, it was again, close. Arsenal, the shadow of it. I mean, how close yeah. is that to the post? It was very close. And Arsenal were giving our center backs that space all day, like to drive up through the middle of the pitch. And actually I thought we were giving, uh, David Louisa points to the same kind of license to get forward and, and carry the ball, but not something we're accustomed to seeing from Michael Keane. Took the space, recognized no one was anywhere near him and just fires a rifle shot, which would be nice. And then of yeah, course I the think, goal, the own goal yeah. holding, uh, oof, he's, that's a tough, tough day for him, I think. Over- yeah, he got beat on. Like I said before the pot, it reminded me when Christensen just got hammered the whole match. You know, Dom was all over him. And he was giving it back, but he's just, you know, he just, they're, they're not the same team with Gabriel out. I think that was fairly obvious. Yep. One thing that did disappoint me in the goal though, sure enough, we gave up another chance right away. What is up with that? We keep doing it. Kata had all day, Granted, the angle wasn't the best. It rushed his shot, made a terrible attempt, but and it was a bit of a fluke too that he was there. But I mean, that was just crazy. And the, I mean, they they suddenly got threatened. I don't know if just something came came on to them, but um, and you saw some of the scrambling in the box. I know Mina did a good job on one. You had that crazy tackle by Godfrey, which probably was a little unnecessary, but oh my god! And he got the ball too. I mean, boy, you just saw some venom come through on that one, and then. Sure enough, in the 35th, they, I guess, kind of hit back from us. Um, thought it was, did Gottfried make the mistake there? It was a very confusing play, to be perfectly honest. Tom Davies takes, takes, um, the player down in the box. Basically, he didn't see the man facing the goal. It, it's, it reminded me very much of Andre fouling Callum Wilson at Newcastle. There was just a little bit of a lack of awareness. It's hard to be too critical of him about it, but to me, You've got to know you're in the box. I mean, how often does the ball kind of lazily come to you and you have time to just kick it in the box? You've got to be a little more aware. He's got to check his shoulders. Got to, got to do something um, or attack the ball or I, I don't know. It's tough to be too critical on him, but that's twice now this year where lack of awareness. And unfortunately, it's kind of the hallmark of both him and Andre yeah, defensively. Right. So, you know, I don't want to be too, too, too critical about it, but. It's just disappointing, too, because other than a couple of chances they had right there, I felt like we were in very much control of the match. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Like, the, the fact that we can't score a goal and then kind of shut up shop and really kill the next 10 or so minutes time and time again is a little frustrating. And it is Tom Davies' fault, but he didn't have to be in that position had others done their job. I think Godfrey's a little bit at fault. I think Nina's a little bit at fault. But ultimately, I think Tom Davies knew what he had done immediately after he did it. And positionally, positional awareness and situational awareness are, I would say, not his strong suits. So both of those kind of coming to a head at the exact same time puts his foot out a little lazily, and it, it's a no-brainer penalty. 
And of course, then Pepe steps up and, and takes it well and equalizes on 35 minutes. There was some physical play too after that. Other than that, you know, it wasn't a, a very eventful next 10 minutes. You know, I can't remember when Sabalos ranked his, you know, cleats right down the back of Mina's leg. Ridiculous. Tierney took a yellow at one point. I, I, is that a red card to you? If Ooh. it's reviewed, it's, it's, it's naughty as they might say on the, on the broadcast. <laughs> they might say in England. It's certainly a bit rash. And then he tries to sort of make it out to be Mina as Mina's getting up. Acts like he took a shot to the chest or something. It was at least yellow in my mind. I was shocked that there was that. I think it was reviewed too, which makes it all the more surprising. It was really quick and ended up, uh, and, and I think this was actually kind of the yellow though. You can't give no, the yellow. That's the thing that stinks, you know? And I think it's, it was actually kind of astute observation from uh, the commentators on the broadcast who said that, you know, Mina and Ceballos kind of shook hands and, after immediately after it had kind of try to preempt potential discipline from the referee. I think that may have actually impacted the decision ultimately because Mina, if he makes a stink about it, I think it stays down. Maybe, um, maybe he gets that call, but that was kind of it as far as first half action. Of course, we're barring right before halftime, a Gilfie Sigurdsson cross, Yuri Mina. What a goal. Uh, you may want to mark that guy. Um, yeah, he broke away yeah. from his marker, but dude, he crushed that thing. He was up pretty good. He had everything behind it. The second he hit it, I mean, it just went in like a bullet. Lino was absolutely had no chance at that thing. It was awesome and good for Yeri because I thought he was outstanding all game. Um, just what a, what a lift, you know? Uh, it's such a difference because I, I think we could have gone into half thinking, oh man, we should be up in this game. Right. What are we doing? Um, so fortuitous, so important. Um, but let's be honest, who on that Arsenal side was going to rise up and actually do anything on a set piece? I mean, there, they are had absolutely no one in there that was going to rise up and win a head ball all year, all game. We were dangerous. We didn't probably have enough set pieces, unfortunately, but right. they should have been nervous every single one of them. You know, obviously we play the four center backs. There's a lot of height in there. There's a lot of explosiveness. Um, it's hard enough for teams to deal with when Dom and, and Gary and Keane are already in there playing together. You know what I mean? So not yeah. entirely shocking that we scored off a set piece, but I mean, they just hapless trying to defend it. Yeah. It's so massive to go into half to, to be up and be able to kind of plan how to kill off the second half as best we could. Mina immense. And yeah, think about it. like who is going to mark those four and Dominic Calvert-Lewin when you've got David Luiz and holding and Kieran Tierney playing center back. Like that's, that's just a nightmare matchup and Arsenal have been pretty poor on set pieces, pretty poor in general, but we definitely took advantage there going into half. And, and frankly, I mean, I think you have to give Arsenal a little bit of credit for how they came out to start the second half because they dominated possession for probably third quarter of the game, at least until like the 60 minute mark. I think it was roughly 80 possession and they yeah, had some and they generated. Yes, they did. They generated a very dangerous chance in the 53rd, although that was a little bit self-created. Um, I, I feel like we pick on Pickford a lot. Um, and not just because of the alliteration. Pick on Pickford. <laughs> Sorry. That's so he bad. I know he does. Um, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to say what I've written in our notes on this one. Um, because it's not appropriate for the air, but punch the ball, punch the ball out. I don't know what he was doing. I mean, yes, holding hit him. I got it, but. You've got to punch that ball out. Um, very fortunate. Uh, David Luiz hit the post. Um, yeah. I, I just, that's just a pure error. I mean, it, Arsenal not threatening. I mean, how many dangerous shots did they have all game? Almost none. Um, it, you know, except for the very, very end. 
I, I just don't know what he's thinking there. And it's just disappointing. I, I just don't. It's funny, if we're going to sit back and only kind of concede shots from distance or crosses with our guys in there, again, I would much rather have Robin Olsen in there. But, okay, I mean, you know, he he only gave up the penalty, so it's easy to say that. But to me, that was a big blunder. Yeah, I think it was. And then it was interesting because, like, right around the 61st, 62nd minute, Arsenal were ramping up the pressure. It felt like only a matter of time before they would equalize. And then we get a clearance. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin really intelligently uses his body and gets between, wins the ball out of the air and then draws a foul. And right around midfield, I think a little bit in Arsenal's half. And at that point, up until that point, it had been 80-20 possession, basically. And then from that point on, it was 60-40. And it really allowed us to kind of kill off the momentum that Arsenal were building, get a foot back into the game and and start to uh, foothold in possession and and reestablish ourselves. We never really were intent on, on dominating possession anyway, but from that point on, it felt like Arsenal, until the very end, uh, really struggled to create anything of substance for themselves to equalize. And there were some good moments in there, too. Godfrey's race where he just smoked Maitland-Niles. Oh, My, you know, I'll tell you what. The pace, man, the pace. Oh, boy, he uh, that's with the ball, you know? Uh, Richarlison, the one play where he cut inside, he looked like he was going to shoot and just mm. couldn't quite get it to Alex Awobi. He was making a, kind of a clever little run at back to the 12. That That's exactly what you want, by the way, from the off-winger. Um Alex probably wouldn't have scored anyway, but hey, uh, I know. I love Alex. He's not the best goal scorer. And then you saw thought, Arsenal try- go ahead. Go. I, well, I thought Richarlison would go down when he was under that kind of pressure, you know, man, it was, it was similar to not exact, but like Andre trailing behind last match and kind of nipping at the heels. I thought he may be given an opportunity, but he does well to stay up to refute those who accuse him of being a typical Brazilian diver. And yeah, he puts a good ball in for a Wobie or almost puts a good ball in. He gets in a really good position and, and ends up not quite coming off, but good to see from Richarlison, a bright spot for him on the day. Yeah, and then you saw Arsenal trying to do what they do, play out of the back pointlessly, losing the ball. Um, they tried to get things going, and they did very late, but really, I, I don't think... I mean, the subs they made, you know, Willock came in for Elneny in the 64th. He was on a yellow, so maybe that was part of it. Pepe off, Martinelli on, Lacazette for, for Keita, and I just... I mean, there was some better movement, I think, out of those guys, but I, I don't think any one of them really made a difference. No, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think Martinelli has been an impact player for Arsenal for a while, and he's been out for a long time with an injury kind of making his way back. In some ways, good to see that, but he didn't offer much. Lacazette came on and was really kind of poor overall. And uh yeah, until kind of the very end, there was a moment in the 76th, uh, where Arsenal kind of got a little chippy. <laughs> Decore getting shoved. Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting body checked. And then uh, Keane almost wins a header. Off the Gilfie free kick. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that was, was that, such a good ball. It would have been great. I mean, that would have been one where, I mean, it would almost have deserved to just kind of ice these guys off. Alex Wobie had that kind of half-volley deflection for a corner. And then, yeah, there was a lot of physical play, too. Holgate battling with Sabias in front of the keeper. Yeah. That's so ridiculous, you know. And Dom walks right over, sticks his finger in his face saying, it's that guy. And then right <laughs> the second they kicked it, Holgate just shoved him into the net. <laughs> they didn't blow the whistle. You could tell the ref's just like, fine, you're just going to get clobbered here. Yeah. Um, they did have a little chance, semi-chance, and Lacazette beat Holgate to the touchline in the 83rd. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a mess of a play. Um, then there was the one chance, too, off a cross from the 86th where – um, Willock had almost a free header because Mina slipped. That was dangerous. He, he didn't do great with it. But again, there is no center forward out there that's going to get on the end of those anyway. 
And sure enough, we get to the 90th minute. And can you please, dear God, explain to me what the five minutes was for? It was shocking to me and yet kind of expected. It was like, where do you get the five minutes from? I don't no goals. see no stoppages, no major injuries. It was a it was very, very bizarre decision from Andre Mariner. Um, but it, it, and it was really nervy, I think, it, when Arsenal were given kind of that lifeline of five extra minutes to go and find an equalizer. I didn't think at any point we really looked like killed the game off with a third goal as much as I would have liked to see one. But Arsenal sort of ramped it up and they almost took advantage of some some sloppy sloppy defending on our part towards Yeah, there was that little cross that kind of flew by and then Saka somehow got through. Um it wasn't necessarily the most difficult save, but Pick did really well with it. I mean, it was almost amazing that his hands are that strong that he could square up on a shot like that and just hammer it back almost towards the shooter uh, and to get it out of trouble. That that was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I, I liked our attitude there. Even at the very end when Lacazette tries to scream for a handball on Keane when he didn't hit it. I mean, Michael Keane, who's a pretty nice guy, just turns and tells him to go, you know what? Um, and of course they let it go beyond five minutes. I mean, I think it took him till 96 and a half to find you below it. I mean, uh, what the, it made no sense whatsoever. Um, but really what it came down to it is they, they never, they never really, really threatened. Um, yeah, I, I think it's safe to come away from that saying Arsenal isn't, isn't that good. Um, yeah, we, we, I, I think we did let Pepe and William maybe get on their strong foot a couple times with not much. You know, the one thing I will say is kind of looking at the way Arteta wants to play. And Martinelli was very good in terms of movement. He did nothing whatsoever, maybe because he didn't get it. Some of the movement is really fascinating. I mean, they kind of worked in triangles. You saw him almost running for American listeners, almost like a three-man weave in a way, following each other. I mean, there's some really interesting movement out wide, which definitely reeks of kind of pep. I mean, I saw one where Luis was carrying it all the way up, so it was almost like a triggered set play, which, yes, it would have been nice to get in front of him to make a pass and off. Um, you had like tyranny kind of jumping forward unpredictably. William had come inside, comes back out. Martinelli comes racing inside almost perpendicular to the sidelines. Um, it was very fascinating, but ultimately it doesn't matter. I mean, what it resulted in in that particular sequence that I was watching was Kieran Tiri sending a cross in for no one. So that's great. Uh, but ultimately if all you're doing is tacking down the wings where we're playing two fullbacks or two guys at fullback that are center backs, you're not addressing our weakness, which is our soft underbelly in midfield, because your midfield isn't any good. I just can this team go down? No, I don't think they'll go down. I, I they could they in this season the way things are going possibly, but I still think once they get party back, I think that's going to be like a mat. I mean, when he came in, he was getting all the plaudits from Arsenal fans for completely changing the way they play. So I think they're in obviously playing with a, in Kicha instead of Aubameyang. This wasn't a full-strength Arsenal side. Doesn't mean that they're a good team. Doesn't mean that I don't think there's any chance, Freyer, that they get Champions League. But I think, I think honestly, we deserve a little bit of credit for the game management towards the end. I mean, and our discipline as well for the fact that we, the only yellow card we got was a bizarre one on Dominic Calvert-Lewin for suppose like time-wasting, taking too long to come off the pitch. And Richarlison getting pushed off by David Luiz was a <laughs> funny sight funny. to see as well. Um, but, but like you said, they never truly threatened. They had those couple moments and I thought we did a really good job, especially in stoppage time of doing kind of the, the cheeky time wasting things that are so frustrating when you're the opposition down a goal, but are so encouraging to see, um, just the confidence with which we kind of tried to kill off the game. As nervy as it was at the time, looking back, I think we really, uh, we really shut them out on the sniff. 
Yeah, they did a little bit to themselves, but yeah, we definitely yeah, deserve true. credit. But it's funny, you look at the, the expected goals, at least for InfoGoal, is normally what we looked at because it's kind of the instantaneous reaction. Um, and yes, they were higher than us at 1.41 to 0.86, but that's from the 0.8 on the penalty. So if you really look at it that way, what are they at? 0.61 expected goals? So lots Terrible. of volume shots, but nothing really dangerous at all. Uh, and, and yeah, they hit a post, but that was self-created on our end. I just don't see – so I, I said this midweek, and I've said it in the past, and again, I'm not saying that it's due to missing Alex Awobi, but, you know, in Awobi's last year, you had five players that were over three shot-created actions per 90 a game. They're all gone. <laughs> the only one that's still there is Lacazette, and he's not even a full 90-minute guy at this point. When you move – Mkhitaryan was one, actually, which is interesting, but it was Mehmet Ozil, Alex Awobi, uh, Aaron Ramsey's gone. He was the fourth. And I mean, he was barely over three, but the problem is the midfield, you can have all the creativity and the talent out wide. If you don't have someone in there to really finish your chances, or you don't have a midfield that can really hold the ball and support it. I just don't see how that's going to go very well for them. What happens if they play a team that's really going to high press them? We didn't necessarily have to do too much of that tonight. I I don't think that's going to go well because their midfield's frankly not strong enough to deal with it. If Thomas Party's out, I mean, what are you going to have Danny Sabalas run around and kick people the whole time? It was, he borderline could have gotten kicked out of the game. I, you know, I really had hopes for him as a prospect, but I, I just, I don't think his role is sitting back that deep. So no, they're probably not going to get relegated or anything, but this is not a good side. I mean, I, I don't see any conceivable way they make a run at, at Europe, frankly. No, I think they're in a fight for top half as it stands right now, but again, it's so tight. Like, I mean, we were looking at seventh, eighth, perhaps 10th just a few weeks ago and three wins in a row. Or up in seconds. So things can turn on a dime, but I, it just feels like the, they don't have, they showed in small segments, they had a little bit of fight in them, but ultimately not enough to a, a strong Everton side. And, and with that, Ryan, let's talk, uh, individual performances. So I think the man we need to start with is Dominic Calvert because I just think this was probably his most complete game in a blue shirt. I thought we saw a little bit of everything. <laughs> we saw a, a lot of the things he does well, hold up play, um, winning fouls, pressuring, running his socks off. But we also saw some things that we don't typically see from him, and that is passing range. There was that one pass out wide to Richarlison that was on a dime and almost was intercepted, but just that perfectly placed to be right to his feet, put him in on goal. And then we also saw a really nice shot from outside the box and and a really good save from – forced a really good save from Leno. Um, I just thought he had a really well-rounded game, winning balls in the air, everything you ask him to do and more. I totally agree. Uh, it was so nice to see him. You'd mentioned hold up play. I, I think sometimes it's not, it's a little inconsistent. Um, but today I thought it was good. Uh, he, I saw him come back to the ball a couple times. Um, shocking to see him dribble so well. Uh, and yeah, that pass to Richarlison was lovely. Um, I, I thought he was good. I thought he just got more involved, you know? Yeah. Uh, 41 touches today. That's maybe a little higher than he normally has. Not too much more. Um, the four aerials won right exactly. Um, pass percentage was 77%, you know? And really what it comes down to is overall, he helped us in this way, but you've got to give him some credit in the fact that we just didn't get dispossessed very much. I mean, I feel like we were dispossessed maybe four times in the whole match. Not straight out of who scored, which I know can be a little bit off sometimes, but that there's no way we've been that low anywhere else this year. I, I don't think. Is that right? If that's, that's right. Yeah, I think that sounds right to me. I mean, Gilfie's the only one with two. Otherwise, it's a bunch of scattered people with one. I mean, and, and Dom, one thing I've been critical of him in the past is, is sometimes in possession, 
we can't keep it or we can't threaten in between their lines if the center four doesn't come back to the ball. And he did. He did really well. Um, yeah, I, I just thought he was a handful. Holding could do nothing other than foul him and hatchet him. He was getting his head on the ball first, as we've seen him do when he's playing really, really well. I, I thought he was immense. Um, he didn't didn't score technically, I guess. He hit it off holding. That one shot with his left foot was fantastic, like you said. I mean, I, yeah, I just thought he was a handful the whole time. Um, and I, I thought he was a big reason why we were effective when we did get the ball. I thought so, too. And, and I think. In general, in terms of presence on the pitch, I think you'd be remiss not to mention Abdulia Decore, again, Ryan's favorite player. Our notes here say he was everywhere, and a lot of the uh, people who, who responded giving post-match reactions, which we'll get to in a bit, said the same. I mean, seven successful passes in the attacking third, 85% passing, only two recoveries. Uh, Ryan, last episode we speculated that he had a bunch, and it turns out that he had 13 last match against Leicester, but... To only two today, but then successful dribbles one, successful tackles one, and a, and a blocked shot. And even though that the stats don't necessarily light up the page, just his omnipresence again is is so valuable when we're talking about two other guys, Davies and Sigurdsson, who aren't necessarily as adept at getting themselves around. He has such composure defensively. You know, you never see him reach yeah. in and really hatchet someone. I mean, last week he had 13 recoveries, no fouls. Uh, it, it's pretty remarkable. There are just times where you're watching him. And, you know, you can see it on the screen and you think it's maybe him and you're like, that, that can't be him. You know what I mean? There's there's no way that could possibly be him because ultimately he should be – I just saw him like 30 seconds ago. Right. He was all the way up the pitch. It's pretty remarkable. Um, Yeah, he was he was tremendous. It's, it's funny. I thought that he may play back more as a sitting six more than he would and let the other guys run around a little bit more. But I don't think Carlo changed a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I think he just kind of plugged in. Tom Davies and, and Tom Davies performances we're talking about a little bit too. DeCorey, no fouls again. Um, so, you know, Tom kicked a couple people here or there like he would normally do and he got a little out of sorts at times, but I thought he was very good with the ball, especially in the first half. You almost didn't see him in the second half. I, I don't, there's still times where him positionally, I just look at him and thinking, what, what are you doing? Why are you there? Um, and ultimately it didn't cost us. So I, I don't know if he played great. Or Arsenal just refused to attack us down the middle? I'm curious your thoughts. I think he played great for probably the first 30 or so minutes. And after that, he was pretty anonymous, which I guess for Tom Davies, you could say is all you'd really, all you can really ask for in that Allen role. You know, he, he's not going to be the player always driving the ball forward. He's not a like for like replacement for Allen. And, and frankly, I don't think if you asked him, he prefer to play deep lying midfielder, but he does what the team's asked. And he gave away the sloppy pen. But other than that, I don't think he made any massive mistakes that cost us. And when you're coming in and kind of just trying to tread water as far as a substitution or, or lineup change, you can't ask for much more. I think um, obviously if Andre's hurt, if not hurt rather, I think he, he probably gets in there. But I think he deserves credit. He's been a player who's just been hated on so much. And there were a couple really nice plays on the ball where he used the bounce to free himself. This was all early on. And 19 out of 29 forward passes, a lot of that being a function of him sitting a lot deeper and has to kind of protect the back line, give license to Decore to just be everywhere, as we said. But I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He wasn't great. He's not going to be man of the match. But given the lows that we've seen him achieve, this was a step in the right direction. So we agree Tom Davies did pretty well, all things considered, being thrown into the lineup. What did we think about Gilfie starting kind of from the inside and working out? 
I thought he looked actually remarkably good in the first half, to be honest, at least with his ball retention and his dribbling in tight spaces, like receiving the ball, something we've typically talked about, not uh, being great at getting in positions to do that. I thought he did that all right. Set piece delivery was hit or miss, pretty inconsistent. I mean, there was a really uh, dangerous free kick that he completely wasted, hit directly into the waist, I, I think, of David Luiz. But he ends up with an assist off the corner, couple shots, um, had the highest pass accuracy on the team, 91%, four ball recoveries, three successful dribbles. Like I said, I thought that was a decent part of his game, and nine successful attacking third passes. So all in all, again, the last three games, he's been decent. He's been a chasm and a waste of space for a while, which may seem a little harsh, but and may be a little harsh, but he has been... <laughs> yeah, I'd say that was a little harsh. <laughs> he has been useful and at times very dangerous the last three matches, and I think he did that again today. Still a little inconsistent. And then I think hitting the back line would be interesting. Uh, I think 91%, by the way, is remarkable considering how he was playing. I think Mina is yeah. actually better to be technical with you, James. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, but I want to talk about him for a second because, I mean, he wasn't his typical kind of aerial winning self because there weren't really many aerials to win other than the one he won off the corner and he absolutely smoked into the box. I, I thought he was composed with the ball. They all were really, but I feel like Yuri is really good at moving the ball forward. I thought he was immense in the box. Um, he was just solid, you know, and I, I think Mason was almost better going forward at times with some of his clever little tricks and passing. He has some deception to him. He did well outright, but there were a couple times where Holgate got beat, and I thought Mina did a decent job of cleaning up. Uh, he did have the slip off the header on Willock. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, Michael Keane was really sound too. Ton of clearances. I think he had five, right? He won three aerials, two successful tackles, and then really Godfrey is the one guy that I think stood out he was playing back a little bit at times you know I, I still think he's getting his feet wet defensively on left back yeah. but the fact that he was able to carry the ball forward a couple times and show that pace was oh, was just a massive difference you know and I think Richarlison thrived on it you know Richie was isolated a little bit but Godfrey helped and he wasn't afraid to go forward and look I understand that Nicholas Pepe is very one-footed he's purely left-footed and and maybe a couple times he got a ball off but Godfrey Godfrey bottled him pretty well um and, you know, he had Tom Davies on his side, who's not the greatest defensive player. So there was a lot of pressure on him. And I thought him and Keane functioned very well as a duo. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, Ben Godfrey, just an absolute unit. Six recoveries today, four interceptions, four clearances. But I think the center the center pairing really does deserve a lot of credit. I think Michael Keane is, I may have said this last episode, but probably our most consistent player this season. He hasn't really had a bad game, and he showed a little bit more expansiveness today. Yuri Mina. Also showed that highest pass rate on the team. I misspoke on Gilfie Sigurdsson. Just the ability to successfully cycle possession, remain composed, and do the things that are necessary from the back line on top. But Godfrey's explosiveness and his just raw athleticism is so encouraging. The ability and the flexibility. I still, and I will say this, probably every match he plays at left back, I think his right-footedness just makes him really limited on that side. There's one moment where he made a right-footed pass that would have been completed had he played a left-footed and it kind of curled out of bounds. Not, again, not super consequential at the end of the day because he did have a massive match. And, yeah, that pace, man, when you're beating Premier League wingers as a as a center just for raw pace down the sideline, it's a beautiful sight to see. And, and what a shrewd signing it turns out to be from Marcel Brink. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he eventually transitions to center back. you got to yeah, figure he will. Right. Uh, I know some people were talking about him playing – defensive mid potentially instead of Davies um I guess um it does make sense to not break up the back line 
but it doesn't matter because Arsenal wouldn't attack us down the middle anyway. Um, what did you think about the winger performances? I thought they were a little uneven. Okay. Um, you know, they made it, Arsenal made it a little difficult to really kind of for Alex to go and break people down and serve the ball. Maybe he didn't take as many chances. He had some dangerous moments, but he also took care of the ball pretty well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't like he was just handing them the ball or anything. No, he wasn't. And, and you could tell Arsenal were really focused on shutting a will be out because he was getting double teamed all over the place. He still was looking to create despite that and had a couple nice dribbles, but overall probably his worst game of the last three in the recent run of form he's been on. But again, by no means bad. The crossing wasn't great, but I thought Richarlison and Awobi both did an amazing job of getting back defensively and supporting those center, the, the center backs as wing backs that we've seen. Um, Richarlison again, supposedly he doesn't track back for those who, that was a, a commentary. Unbelievable. I mean, watch the games for heaven's sakes, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I, I thought Richarlison again showed how he can just body out a fullback. I, if I'm, if I'm playing against us, you've got to think about putting someone bigger and stronger out there against him because it's too easy for him to win throw-ins and just deal with service. If Dom is occupying those two center backs, which you pretty much have to, you know what I mean? Because otherwise he's going to get his head on everything. And he did a couple times today and flick it on for Richarlison. But, you know, Richie's going to be able to hold the ball up. It, it's part of the reason why we're still being able to create chances off a counter. You know what I mean? Both those guys can hold the ball up. Alex can hold it up a little bit, too, not as well as those guys. Um, I, I think the one performance, again, that's worth noting is Pickford did make, I guess, he did have the one save, I guess, at the end on Saka, yeah. right? Yep. Um God, the cross that he totally mishandled was not good. Was that it, though? I just felt like he wasn't threatened very often. There weren't a lot of crosses. Um, You know, I, I guess Keita had one shot, too, but I'm having trouble remembering that. No, no, that was the play. It was just that uh Pepe had the penalty. That's right, exactly, which is, you know, of course, never a goalkeeper's fault. I can't say his distribution was pretty awful until that unbelievable kick in extra in additional time to... John Joe Kenny. I mean, that thing was, yeah. and that was a hundred yards, like right on his foot. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, which really matters when you're killing a game. But other than that, he didn't have that much stuff to do. So I don't know how critical to be of the guy. Yeah. It's another case of hasn't really had too, too much to do in recent times. But when he does have things to do, he does not inspire confidence, namely anything involving not stopping a shot because he did have the one save, but coming out of his box to command his area just is a nightmare every single time. The one that you mentioned earlier that he should have punched and it weirdly tried to grab it and doesn't hit it authoritatively. I, st- I, I was, I understand why Carlo put him back in, but I almost think that if Olsen's in the match today, then we probably don't, he doesn't necessarily save the penalty, but I think we feel a little bit more composed and solid if it's Olsen. At least balls coming into the box in the air, he's certainly capable of handling those. Yeah, he just doesn't inspire any confidence to me too. I question his positioning, where he is half the time, but it didn't really cost us today. I can't say he made any egregious errors or anything other than that one, and it didn't cost us. So, you know, I guess you got to move on, but that's one you look back at. And if they score and this is a 2-2 match, that's a real disappointment for us because this Arsenal team is not great. Um, so I guess heading back out to the Twitter sphere, I think we got some pretty good feedback on the match a bit. Uh, let's start with Anchor. I like Anchor a lot. He has good insights. Um Anchor's comment, I guess this is who we are right now. Find a way to scrap a goal or two, then just be impossibly, absolutely impossible to break down. I kind of like it, but I really can't wait to unleash James with this kind of defense behind him. 
I'm kind of with them on that. We we've had early leads, so we really haven't had too much time for us to really do anything other than being compact. When we had the ball early, I thought we looked good. Maybe not overly dangerous, but Arsenal was playing back pretty far and and trying to be you know defensive oriented and doing a decent job. And it's early too; no one's tired or anything. And they were we were making them run a little bit too. So it's hard to judge really our ability to be offensively dynamic when. We really didn't have to score much, and Arsenal wasn't mm. dangerous. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit who we are right now, but look, Carlos was trying a lot of different things to try and get a couple clean sheets. He said himself that's kind of his priority first and builds out from that. Um, and, you know, we're missing guys at defensive mids, so I, I get not being too aggressive in the pressure and things like that. And the bottom line is I like watching us play like this, tough, physical, and, and being tough to break down, and it gets results, Thomas, does it not? It certainly does, and, and worth noting, we haven't even mentioned, I mean, we did concede the penalty, but now three games in a row without conceding from open play or a set piece. So I think that just speaks to, to just how solid we have been at the back with that cohesive unit. Uh, next up, we have Olalakan at Praise Ola. I'm just glad we got the win on my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Long-time listener of the show. Glad Everton <laughs> could come through. He said, all I want for my birthday is a big Everton dub, and you got it. Uh, next, we have Brian Lancet, who said, a lot to like. Nervy last quarter hour. Gonna excuse Davies, Mina, Godfrey for their lapses, giving up the penalty because they're fantastic otherwise. Clutch shade by pick to preserve the win. DCL's a stud. Carlos got these guys working butts off. Fair. And then we got Emily again. Emily. Emily's making a lot of appearances right now. I'm liking it. Um, yeah. Maybe the most well-rounded game I've seen Dom play. Yeah. We, uh, girl. We we hear you. I totally agree with you. He really showed a lot of different facets of what he's got. Um, it's just nice to see him kind of show some maturity in the dribble and the passing. You know, it's he's got it in him. It's just going to take time. Um, she goes on. Backline was impressive again for the most part. Terrible officiating. Well, it is the Premier League. Uh, good to see Seamus get a few minutes. Yeah, that was encouraging to see, and that was a good sub. I think uh, Alex was kind of gassed, and he's played a lot and had to run quite a bit the last couple matches what is up with the officiating it's just not it's just not good i mean i don't know what to say uh it's just um that is what it is i I guess we should be used to it by now yeah i think so but yeah as she said great to see seamus coleman return from injury slowly but surely creeping back winding getting the injury list smaller and smaller uh we now then next up we have uh chicago evertonians aka tony for 10 chicago who said team period organization period belief period Fans, period. Hashtag UTFT. Could not agree more, Tony. I think the fans coming back really did have a, a massive impact as the game was energizing. The, and you can hear, I love when they put the disclaimer on the broadcast, like, this is not artificial noise. This is real noise. And at times the fans were, were quite loud for just 2,000 in the stadium as they were against Chelsea. So credit to the fans for showing up and supporting. And then we have a couple comments from the Discord. We've got OG Shill, I guess is how you pronounce it. Uh, he said, I don't think we've played great in this stretch, but we've defended well and had some bounces go our way. And against Chelsea, first end of the day, results are all that matters and keep grinding those until squad gets fitting. And Valley Wit said, Godfrey, my man of the match. Squad responding well to the Goodison crowd. Arsenal per hands first half, but clearly issues. Yeah, Wanderer Dave too, Halifax Dave. Um, Canadian Soccer League up there, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Halifax Wonders, I think that's what it is. I think he's a supporter up there. We've talked about it a couple times. It's actually on Fubo sometimes. I, I have watched it. Um, grinded out that win, he says. Immense effort defensively, but I felt like we made it a lot harder on ourselves not going at them a bit more. Yeah, James, you said the same thing. Uh, I think there's some merit to that. 
especially when I felt like we had some matchups. Maybe we're tired, and that could be a little part of it, you know, because uh, I thought we did work hard very much for most of the game. That said, once we hit 80 and he hadn't made the subs, we might as well sell out defensively. Six defenders on the pitch, whatever it takes. Yeah, that's what you got to do in this league sometime. And we've got EMZ, M's the gaffa, 11. Godfried was absolute quality. What a signing. And he hasn't even played his primary position yet. <laughs> uh, thought we worked incredibly hard, especially in the second half when Arsenal became desperate and threw everything at us. Davies, I thought, played well, but always has that one silly error in him. Nine for nine, who'd have thought? Yeah, he does. And uh, I, again, I thought we were fairly balanced about it, but, you know, uh, put it this way. If Tom Davies had great defensive awareness, he'd be a fantastic player and he'd be in there every time because <laughs> he does he does bring a lot of other things to the table. And then... uh Let's close it off with Skinny Paolo, as usual. We, he's always uh, always tweeting us, which is great to see. I was lucky enough to be at the ground. Yeah, you were, man. Godfried is like a sprinting Terminator. <laughs> I love it. That is so good. Just an unstoppable destroyer. Um, <laughs> I knew he'd get the better of Pepe every time the ball was played that way, even better in the flesh than on TV. Um that's great, man. I, we'll have to ping him later. I'm kind of curious how the how the environment, you know, we we obviously see it on the TV and how it comes across. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more from some of the guys out there. If you if you were at the ground, um, tweet us back or give us a message. I, I would love to hear more about it. Um, so, all right. Again, it's a win. We jump up to second, at least temporarily. Hamas, who is your man of the match? I think there's a couple contenders, but I think for me it has to be Dominic Calvert-Lewin just for all the reasons that we've already stated, just how well, and Emily said as well, how well-rounded he played. Aspects of his game that have been developing, I think we saw in, in full force today, and then things that we're not accustomed to seeing, we saw as well. So just a player who is brimming with confidence at the moment, 14 goals on the year, could have gotten it to 15 today, didn't unfortunately, but what an immense player for us and having to play basically every single game. And we said last time he was okay today. He was outstanding and deserves the man. You know, I think it's hard to pick. See, the problem is the back line played pretty sound. Holgate had some errors, but I think overall, so it's hard to pick one of those guys. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, had Michael Keane bang that shot in easy. Oh, Oh yeah. I mean, that was so great. Um, yeah, you saw a little bit. I think, I don't know if he came up as a striker. I know his brother is still one. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I had read that somewhere, which, you know, maybe you saw a little bit of it there. Some underrated performances there too. You know, Yere, I feel like never gets enough credit. I thought Richarlison was very underrated. He was dangerous at times, even if he didn't quite break through with anything. But I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm watching the match and let's throw the stats out. I know this is totally like the most anti thing that people think I would say, but that's not true. I mean, you know that, I hope. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's my man of the match, too. He showed it all today. It was so nice to see. It was just a very mature performance. And look, let's be honest. Arsenal couldn't deal with them. They just could not deal with them. I mean, he was our outlet when we were packing it in. He was dangerous on set pieces. He dribbled. He passed. He was a general nuisance. And I'll even give him credit at the end for taking the yellow, wasting time by declaring that the signage wasn't up, so he didn't know who was coming on for him. That was pretty comedy. As well as the pointing to Sabalos when uh, he was jostling with Holgate in the middle of the net. I, I truly appreciated the snide of Dom coming out. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be my man of the match as well. Glad that we are in agreement this time, Ryan, and now I think we're both in agreement that the next several days are of massive, massive importance for Everton. Of course, have Wednesday, 12-23, quarterfinal in the EFL Cup against Manchester United just three days after that on Boxing Day. Sheffield United 
against Everton and then on 12-28, Man City, and then West Ham on New Year's Day. So some really big fixtures coming up. West Ham look a really rejuvenated side. David Moyes has them playing really well. City doing what they do today, uh, 1-0. Sheffield United, that's going to be the one that I think everyone's going to be a little uh, irrationally terrified of <laughs> just because it would be so perfect to have if we get a win against United to then or Man United to then go to Sheffield United and botch it despite them being on it. But I think that's going to do it for our show today. We will be with you following United Cup tie, but otherwise be sure to join our Discord, invite.gg slash ATP. Follow us on all socials and find the pod at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Uh, leave us a review on your favorite pod- podcast platform of choice. Otherwise, until next time, up the toffees.